Good morning. Welcome to Northminster Church this morning. I'm glad to see you all here on this sunny, but maybe a bit too warm Sunday morning. It's been quite a week with the temperatures, hasn't it? I want to welcome all of you who are joining us in person or online. We are glad that you have chosen to spend this time with us this Sunday morning. We often say at Northminster that the best thing we bring to worship is ourselves. So I'm glad you brought yourself to church today. I also want to say a special word of welcome to any of you who are visiting with us. We are especially honored by your presence among us and hope that you will join in all aspects of our worship service, including communion. Uh, If you do not know how we take communion here, there are instructions in the insert to your order of worship. And as a quick note for any of you who might need a gluten-free wafer, we do have those available. When you come up, if you plan to take communion, just get my attention, let me know you need a wafer, and I'll make sure you get one. I also hope you will all stay for at least a few minutes after worship for our after worship fellowship. Just a nice time to get to know each other better, have some conversation, and it's just right out here in the narthex. If you have noticed, there's a little extra energy, a little extra noise this morning. That's because this is our Youth and Children's Sunday. Uh, Our youth will be leading in a lot of the aspects of our worship service this morning, and our children will be singing a couple of the songs they learned at VBS, so we are excited to have them and their leadership today. One quick note about our service this morning, the middle hymn is one that the youth did at camp, Uh, so we're going to be continuing to celebrate camp with them by singing that song. Uh, What we're going to do is the choir will sing the first verse for you so that you can hear it because this is a new song to most of us. And then we're going to ask that the congregation join in on the second verse through the rest of the song. So if you want to join in on the first verse, you'll be singing a solo with the choir, but that is perfectly okay. And now what I'm going to do, we do this every week. And we do this at Northminster to give our minds and our bodies and our hearts time to catch up with each other. And what we do is we take a deep breath. And the kids are going to sing a song about this later, which is really, really be fun for you to hear. But in this moment, I want you to take a deep breath. Allow that breath not only to fill your lungs, but let it reach all the way down to your toes. Close your eyes, if that's helpful. And do the best that you can to clear your mind, to quiet your heart, to center yourself. We aren't good at that in this culture. But church and this holy time that we have together give us an opportunity to decide to slow down. So breathe in. Know that you are loved just as you are by the God who created you. Breathe out your to-do list. Breathe out your travel plans. Breathe out anything that would distract you from this time that we have together. And then we will worship together first by Sherry Free coming and sharing a moment for missions. And then as soon as she is done, Charlie and Lydia are going to tell us about their camp experiences. Let's worship together. Our community is truly blessed to have a wonderful Council on Aging. Some of us will soon be eligible for their services. Um, But anyway, our mission emphasis this month is their food pantry. And you can see in the um, bulletin under mission opportunities what they're in dire need of, especially uh, canned meats, um, 
meals in a can. Uh, there's a whole list of things there I call your attention to. And of course, money's always welcome. But anyway, uh, let's be sure to engage in this month's mission emphasis. Thank you. At first, I was afraid to go away for a week. I wasn't sure about leaving my cats and mom, but at least I had my twin sister. Driving for so many hours wasn't so bad. Stopping for snacks and then seeing the mountains. I had never seen mountains before. The first thing I noticed about camp was there were no cats there. That meant I'd have to deal with new people. I get nervous around people I don't know. Actually, it wasn't so bad. By the first night, I was laughing with new friends. But this isn't just about me. Throughout, throughout the week, others found friends, too. They talked about how it was nice to feel safe finding their own kind. We learned that Jesus made mistakes like all of us. I guess he was even 13 like me at one point. BYC wasn't what I thought church camp would be. It wasn't about religion. It was about accepting it. It was, about, it was about accepting and loving all people, just like Jesus did. Camp was fun this year. We got to leave the heat and get some cold weather. We did a lot of fun stuff. I did a rap with my friend Meredith at the variety show. The food was great. <laughs> We played gaga ball went, and went swimming unless it rained. One of the best things to do at camp was the basketball tournament. Basketball is basketball but with masks on because of COVID. I cannot wait to go back for my third year. Please join me in our call to worship. This is the time when God's people gather together. This is the time when we make to be our God's This is the time when we see friends old and new. This is the time when we remember that God has us again. This is the time when we give thanks for all that is good. This is the time to worship God.
Let's pray together. Loving God, like the Israelites in the wilderness, we too have known your love and experienced your care and provision. You invited us to extend that love to the world around us, to care for others as deeply as we care for ourselves. And so we bring the needs of our world before you now. In your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the many who do not have enough, enough food to eat or shelter to keep warm, enough employment or money to pay their bills, enough medicine or medical care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those who have more than enough but who still struggle to find meaning and purpose in life, who indulge in dangerous or self-serving activities to dull their pain or loneliness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, your grace reaches out to all of us. You call us to live as citizens of heaven, working together with one heart and one mind. Strengthen us to live in a manner worthy of the good news we have received, offering our lives in service to your kingdom, where the first are last, the last are first, and the first are last, and there is grace enough for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
Luke 8, 1 through 3. The next day, Jesus traveled through some cities and small towns. Jesus told the people a message from God, the good news about God's kingdom. The 12 apostles were with him. There were also some women with him. Jesus had healed these women of sicknesses and evil spirits. One of them was Mary, who was called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Also with these women are Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's property. Susanna and many other women, these women used their own money to help Jesus and his apostles. Luke 23, 54, 56. It was late on preparation day. When the sun went down, the Sabbath day would begin. The women who had come from Galilee with Jesus followed Joseph. They saw the tomb. Inside they saw where they had put Jesus' body. Then they left to prepare some sweet-smelling spices to put on the body. On the Sabbath day, they rested, as commanded in the law of Moses. Luke 24, 9-11 The women left the tomb and went to the eleven apostles and the other followers. They told them everything that happened at the tomb. These women were Mary Magdala, Jonah, Mary, and the mother of James, and the others, and some others. They told the apostles everything that happened, but the apostles did not believe what they said. It sounded like nonsense. The Lord, Gospel of our, the Gospel of our Lord. the youth before we started that it did not matter how well they did, the kids were going to be cuter. <laughs> and they were. Uh, but youth, you have done a wonderful job. I'm quite proud of you. Thank you. Let's pray together. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. And may we hear a word from you today. Amen. It started with an ending. An ending to the illness that dominated my daily routine, my marriage, my life. An illness that became a physical divide. My husband didn't have the time or the inclination to forward. It's not, however, as though Chesa and I were ever a good match. His world was his work, and his position as Herod Antipas's steward dominated his life. It left no time for us to get to know each other, to move beyond the less-than-complete groundwork that comes with an arranged marriage. We weren't unhappy, as you talk about in your modern marriages, so much as we were two separate people who remained separate in spite of our union. 
But Chuzzo pr provided well and was generous with me, so much so that after I heard chatter about this itinerant <laughs> preacher who was healing people and decided to join the crowd going to hear this man preach, Chuzzo looked the other way. I was secretly hoping the man could heal me, but also was quite sure such a thing wasn't possible. Mostly, I returned home to Chuzza, the same person I'd always been, but encountering Jesus changed me. Changed my body, changed my heart, my way of thinking, my whole world. It turns out his ability to heal was quite real. Jesus healed me and several other women who I saw, who saw what I saw. Jesus was more than a healer, and his power came from something greater or I should say someone greater. From our first encounter, I was intrigued and a little scared for this wonderfully peculiar man who inspired such loyalty in his followers. In fact, when I went home after that first meeting, I wanted to be part of them. I wanted to learn from this man and follow him. I wanted to be part of the community he had created around himself. I wanted to be part of what was coming to be called the way, or some of your modern scholars call it the Jesus movement. Speaking of your modern scholars, they are divided as to how my sisters and I, for I was far from the only woman who followed Jesus, how we went about following the teacher. Did our travel consist of day trips to meet Jesus when he was close to our hometowns? Or did we travel with him and the other male disciples, dependent as they were on hospitality in various Galilean cities and villages? Did my own husband know about my attachment to this movement? Those questions will have to remain as they are, though I suspect Chaza had some awareness of my involvement with Jesus. His position didn't allow him to be unaware or unintelligent. What I can tell you about is the place Jesus provided for me and other women. This is an important distinction about which I take a solid measure of pride for not all those who came to Jesus for healing stayed with him, as did Mary Magdalene, Susanna, and I. Think of the stories you know, the paralytic in Luke 5 the sinful woman in Luke 7, the garrison demoniac, and the woman with the hemorrhage in Luke 8. Like me, they were all in need of healing. Unlike me, they were told to go rather than to follow. Unlike me, they were not invited to follow Jesus or to be with him long term. But we, my sisters and I, were with Jesus. We were with Jesus when Luke gave our names healed and invited by the teacher. And in response, we served. We dakonion, from the Greek verb dakonie, from which you get your word, deacon. We took from our resources to provide for Jesus and for each other, sharing what we had partially in gratitude, but mostly because that's what you do in a community. You share, you serve, you give without worrying that you're going to get back. That's the mark of a deacon, and the baseline of our shared humanity, yours and mine, all these centuries removed from each other. But there's a downside to this following in service. It is easy to get caught up in the bubble, 
and the joy of being part of a community of choice in which behaviors and ways of thinking become normalized. Eventually, though, you have to return to the real world, the world outside your bubble, the world in which your teacher has pushed one too many buttons, has angered too many religious leaders, and pointed out one too many times that the emperor isn't wearing any clothes. That's what Jesus did. He pointed out hypocrisy and injustice. He made people uncomfortable on purpose, and he made people think. He threatened entrenched systems of power, religious assumptions, and broken political reasoning, and they killed him for it. They killed him because they felt threatened and uncomfortable and didn't want to hear what he had to say anymore. They killed him because people were starting to listen. They killed him to silence him. And the worst part is he tried to warn us tried to tell us his execution was coming, but of course we didn't listen. We couldn't listen while we were in the bubble. My joy at having found a place was simply too loud to hear what the teacher was saying. Yes, his, his clashes with the religious leaders were uncomfortable, sometimes hostile, but Jesus was helping and healing and teaching so many people. I simply didn't think about the ending. Then I found myself standing on the crest of a hill with the other women trying to make sense of the cross that stood a little way off. I knew two of the men to be criminals, but somehow my teacher, the man who healed me, who had made a place for me, hung between them, pushing up with his broken feet in an effort to breathe. His injuries were horrifying. But as I stood with my shocked friends, I found myself willing Jesus to breathe, counting each labored breath he took, waiting to see his chest rise and fall, and rise and fall again. I don't know how long I stood there, caught in the terrible intimacy of watching my teacher's chest rise and fall before I realized it had stopped moving. They were taking him down off the cross, and a man I didn't know was wrapping his body and carrying it away. I felt panic rise in me and saw the same feeling reflected in the faces of my sisters. Who was this man taking our Lord away? Without thought or fear, we followed him and saw this man take Jesus' body to a tomb. He was inside with the Lord's body for so long, we were forced to turn home as the Sabbath was beginning. But we returned as soon as we were able so anxious to properly anoint the teacher's abused body, we didn't give a thought to rolling away the stone from the tomb's entrance. But miraculously, we arrived to see that massive stone had already been moved. It was the latest in a list of things that didn't make sense. And yet we rushed to the tomb, stepping on each other in our haste to see the body we had been terrified to look at just a few hours before. The inside of the tomb was dark. Only fingers of early morning sunlight filtered in, but that was enough. Enough to see that the teacher's body was gone. We were stupefied. After all this suffering, after all his pain, someone had stolen Jesus' body? I felt my heart break again at the thought of not being able to give my teacher the one thing I had left to give, a proper anointing. 
And then suddenly there was a flash of blinding brilliant light and two men in dazzling white clothes stood among us. I knew them to be angels when they started to speak. For they not only shared the miraculous news that Jesus had risen, but reminded us that he tried to give us this part of his story as well. He tried to prepare us for this miraculous resurrection that turned our grief into celebration and had us running all the way back into town to share the good news. Now you know, of course, that the men didn't believe us at first. With the exception of Peter, they accused us of gossiping and being caught up in impossible dreams. One of those little snots even told me I was too grief-stricken to be thinking correctly. But as you know, Peter confirmed what we women already knew to be true. Our Lord was alive. In the next few weeks, he appeared to several more of our community before returning to heaven. And just as Jesus' time on earth ends, so does my story. I'm not mentioned again after that impossible, miraculous morning at the teacher's tomb, and that's just fine with me. For though my appearances in your gospel are limited, I found the healing I was seeking. Though my story leaves unanswered questions, a place was made for me at Jesus' side. Though there is so much of my life you will never know, I stood both at the foot of Christ's cross and in the dim light of the empty tomb. I breathed resurrection air and it filled my lungs to run and tell the good news. I am one of the first prophets of the resurrection. My story started with an ending and ends with a beginning. So go, as I did, and share that beginning. Share the good news. Share that even now Christ is alive and the world is different.
As we come to this time of communion, we remember that this is the table of the heavenly feast. The joyful celebration of the people of God. Christ invites everyone to eat of the bread of life and to drink of the cup of the new covenant. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me shall never hunger. Those who believe in me shall never thirst. In the beginning, God provided every plant yielding seed and every tree with seeds and its fruit for food. And then when the Israelites were in the wilderness, God fed them with the miraculous food called manna. Later, when the crowds were hungry, Jesus fed over 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. And when two were walking toward Emmaus, they recognized the anointed one, Jesus, as they broke bread together. Friends, this is not my table. This is not Northminster's table. This is Christ's table. We are guests, and Christ is the host. There is a seat here with your name on it, so kick off your walking shoes and make yourself comfortable. We are on holy ground. All are wanted, and all are welcomed here with our doubts, our shortcomings, our failures, our griefs. No matter what you bring with you to this table, you aren't just tolerated. You are overwhelmingly welcomed and wanted. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Now, if you would, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The night before Jesus died was a solemn time around that table. Because of his relentless pursuit of love, he would be seized by those in power. But before he was taken, Jesus introduced this meal to his followers. For even though he knew the end was coming, Jesus joined with those that he loved and served the most. And as the night lengthened, he took a simple portion of bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples saying, remember me. And then in the same way, when the meal was over, Jesus took a cup of wine. And again, he blessed it. And he poured it. And as he did, he reminded the disciples that he would go to the ends of the earth out of love for them. Jesus makes us the same promise. And in love, we respond. Amen.
You have to love a musician in residence who'll work a little Sweeney Todd into the communion music. <laughs> that was a treat, DH. Thank you. I hope you will all take time to thank our youth and our children and the leaders for their hard work to make this morning happen. We are grateful. And now hear this benediction. May God bless you with a distaste for superficial worship so you will live deep within your soul. May God bless you with anger at prejudice so that you will work for justice. May God bless you with tears for those who sorrow so that you will offer comfort. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world. Go be salty. Amen. <laughs>